Hi, I'm Steve. Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast. Dustin and I are joined this week by Kathy Netty of Kodak, and we're going to talk a little bit about Kodak Professional Select. Hi, Kathy. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, you guys. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having us. Oh, thanks for having us. Oh, we can't forget Molly, Steve. We've got the silent partner of Kathy. We've got Molly from Kodak, just to make sure Kathy doesn't say anything too inappropriate. Um, but yeah, we're super excited to talk to you guys. Like we've been big fans of Kodak since, um, film was a thing (laughs) and, um, we, uh, yeah, we love what we love the pivot and the things you guys are doing with, uh, more software based things. And we're excited to hear about it. Good. Yeah. And, you know, just so you guys know, we have pivoted a little bit. I mean, certainly we have a very strong Kodak heritage, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we all come from in this industry almost. And, um, but over the years, our software division, we're, we're the software division, we're the paper and chemical division. And uh, we've been very attractive uh, to some buyers over the years. So our division that was traditionally Kodak uh, became Kodak Alaris when a, a, a European pension fund bought us. And then more recently, mm-hmm. our largest uh, paper distributor uh, purchased our paper, chemical, and software division. So that's now Sinopromise, but we are through and through Kodak professionals. So all that Kodak heritage and image science certainly comes to where we are now as, uh, as, as a new business, but all of that heritage with us. Like a tiny little startup in Rochester, New York. That's right. That's always good startup <laughs> opportunities. Bootstrapping it. Um, but yeah, my first camera uh, that I ever took pictures on was a Kodak camera, like I'm sure hundreds of millions of other people. Um, but yeah, we have a, you know, piece of our heart always goes out to Kodak for getting us started, at least here in my house. Awesome. I mean, a piece of your education too, right, Dustin? Didn't you have like a Kodak scholarship you went to college on? Yeah, Kodak did pay for me to go to college. Uh, Steve always likes to bring up that, you know, I'm indebted to you guys for life, but I didn't want the listeners to think that was, you know, that I'm biased and that's why we're having you guys on that, (laughs) you know, you guys paying for me to go to school was somehow, you know, tied me to you for life. I mean, if you guys want to continue to pay for me to like my mortgage, I would love (laughs) to, you know, you know, get back to you guys in any way I can. We all have that special place in our heart, right? For, for That's Kodak. Right. <laughs> That's right. So tell so, us uh, a little bit about um, your, like, Kathy, what, what are you, like, what is your role within Kodak? Like, what are you doing um, in terms, like, are did you design the software? Is this Kathy's uh, <laughs> Kodak Image Selectic? Is that? It's actually called Kathy baby? Select internally. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I'm, that was the working yeah. title? Yeah, maybe I should clear that up too. I am so not a developer, uh, nor am I a professional photographer, right? But I, with the Kodak professional team, I work with both the training team and the marketing team. So um, I spend a lot of my time educating photographers about mm-hmm. how to do it right, whatever it is, like this whole memory making business industry that we are in. Like, Mm -hmm. how do they teach their clients 
how to do it right. So it, it's sort of a balancing act, we think, with photographers. Uh, you need to spend all this time front-facing with clients, educating clients about not just the, the capture, but after the capture. You know, how do you preserve this once-in-a-lifetime memory forever for your kids and your and your kids' kids? And how do you really relive the memories over and over again? So they have that part of their business, but then they have the part of their business that's like, all this back office work, post-process work. I mean, I think photographers wear more hats than, like, if you look at many professions, I think photographers wear many more hats than a lot of, a lot of people. So when it comes to Kodak Professional Select, it's all about helping them free up some of their post-process time, specifically in the culling photo selection portion of the post-process. It's all about getting them, you know, away from behind the computer and back in, you know, in front, in front facing with the camera, booking and shooting more events. And when we spoke with photographers over the years, that was their biggest pain point. You know, the biggest pain point was that one part of, of the post-production workflow. I would hundred percent agree with you on that. It's like my least favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah. But it's also the hardest. A lot of photographers are very controlling in their workflow and their, their look, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a very hard element to give up. So that's why a software-based solution is such a fascinating um, tool. I love the words that you just used. Um, I love words. I'm very good with uh, that. No, you, you <laughs> totally use the words that I, I use in our, our webinars um, a lot, where I think there's a difference between letting go. You said those two words, and you also said, you know, giving up. So I, I think that's such a great distinction to help photographers with because, um, you know, we don't want to give up. I don't think we should ever give up on anything, right, that we're passionate about and that we love. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to, um, you know, letting go a little bit of that, of that control that photographers tend to have, that people I think tend to have in general, you know, controlling every part of whatever their process is every step of the way. But we know in having relationships with some of the most successful photographers around the world that it's in that willingness to let go of some of the some of the the work that happens behind the computer the post process work that they've never regretted they've never regretted that decision and with Kodak Professional Select a tool like Select Select itself no, no permanent decisions are made in the culling and photo selection part of the process. It's an aid that's designed to help them get through that process faster. And the software will make recommendations and suggestions. But that photographer has it, all the control available to them to make the, the ultimate final decision. So we know that control is important. But again, I think there's a big difference between letting go um, of a little bit of it, but certainly not not giving up, never giving up. <laughs> Can you uh, talk a little more about the way that Professional Select helps you kind of group photos and cull, like get through your culling faster? I just, 
when I was testing it out, um, the photo session I did it with, I had 404 photos as an engagement session, and it grouped it down into 52 unique photos, it said. And then from like there, I could, you know, it would pop up like the best one at the top and everything. But like, what is the process there and the thought process behind like that system? Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, And I'd love to explain it a little bit more because that's where a lot of the the Kodak professional and Kodak heritage comes from, you know, from the image science that we use to really do three things really well inside a Kodak professional select. One thing is call the photos. And that means, you know, get rid of the, the reject photos, the eyes closed, the misfires, the out of focus. The other part select does well is pick recommend I'll say, but it actually does pick and that's uh, select and it. And that allows the photographer to take that to the next step in their post production workflow, probably Lightroom and that selection would be recognized. And then like you said, Steve, the other thing select as well as it groups the duplicate shots together, those rapid fires. So images that are captured within a few seconds of each other, but also the content of the image has to be similar. And then Mm -hmm. there's this other really cool thing that it does, and that's event uh, represent the event, like a wedding from beginning to end. So from pre-ceremony or getting ready, I should say, getting ready to pre-ceremony to ceremony all the way through to the reception, it'll make sure that the entire event is represented. And then in talking about our image science and out, artificial intelligence a little bit more. Those two things come together, our image science algorithms wrapped around artificial intelligence technology. And we look at so many um, attributes of the image, technical attributes, aesthetic attributes, uh, select looks at color, contrast, saturation, and sharpness. It looks at eyes open, smiles, and faces uh, centered, and it gives a relative score, a respective score on each of those attributes, then a collective score, and it's based on that collective score that so much of this is able to be done, primarily the selection portion um, of the image, because the ones that are recommended for selection, highly recommended for selection, are certainly those images that have received those highest cumulative scores. So mm-hmm. tons and tons of data points are collected in with the with the application. So does that mean back at Kodak Professional Select, there's like a server somewhere and it has all of my photos on it. And it's like overall, Steve is probably like a D plus photographer. <laughs> he should have done better than 52 unique photos when he shot 404. Not great. Yeah. Is, that, is that happening or... Well, we will score your photos, not you as a person or a photographer. So it's just, you know, all those tech, all those pieces of the the image coming together. So but that's a really good question, because the the Kodak Professional Select application, it sits on the photographer's desktop, Windows or Mac, both platforms are supported. But then the technology, all the crunching takes place in the cloud. So the images are actually uploaded to our cloud server where all the image science algorithms and artificial intelligence resides. The images are not kept there or stored there. They're temporarily there just for analysis, uh, evaluation purposes. And then those top picks and the groupings of duplicates 
and the event representation from beginning to end, uh, and of course the culling of the bad photos, although they're all there too in the mix, because a photographer might say, hey, you know, you might consider that over uh, underexposed, but I know I can get some of that detail back. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're never going to actually remove a, a photo from the mix. We're just going to you know, organize and, and pick the best ones. And, and then the photographer has a really cool workflow for duplicates, big side-by-side -side comparisons. But so the crunching and the analysis is done in the cloud, but then all of the results are returned back to the desktop application. And the photographer can do really cool things on the fly, change, change the, um, uh, the preferences of those attributes. Um, they can change the number of selections. There's some really cool pieces. We can talk more about some workflows, but there's some really cool pieces. Once the, once the crunching of the numbers and the analysis is done, you know, basically all that knowledge comes back to the application for the photographer to work with the images very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I noticed that in the groupings, uh, one of the selection, one of the options is like details, which I feel like is so important, especially for wedding photographers, like going throughout the yeah. day. How, uh, how, how refined does the uh, detail selection get? Because I only tested it with like engagement photos. So like, I didn't really get like a good thing of like, if I shot like flowers and rings and watches and all this other like little nitpicky details throughout a wedding day like how how many of those are you guys like seeing like pop up in different like uh groupings and stuff like that yeah it does a great job of finding exactly those the rings the flowers the hands the programs the table settings the lighting uh you know it will also include in that mix like let's say images um, in a distance, can't find a whole lot of faces in the image. So there might be some in the mix of, of groups of, of images, groups of people in the photos that where the faces are so small that they might wind up in the details, but obviously the photographer knows what they're getting after those flowers, those programs, the rings. And, and it, so really to answer your question, Steve, is it, it just dials down however mm -hmm. an algorithm works, however artificial intelligence works. I don't really pretend to know all the details, but it just basically puts those faces at a very, very low priority and is able to pick out those images where faces basically were not found. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Have, it, have any of you guys seen the new Space Jam yet? <laughs> no? No. Uh, the only one with small children? Yeah. Are, are you talking about Algae Rhythm? Algae Rhythm. About? Yeah. yeah. I'm just picturing, so the bad guy in the new Space Jam is an algorithm. Spoiler so alert. Jeez. Sorry. No, but I heard about the Space Shuttle, the dual Space Shuttle Challenge, the second of which went off today. You know, that's... Mm -hmm. That's an expensive ride. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's worth it for you guys. So do you ever get to kind of piggyback on Steve's earlier point? Do you ever get uh, people testing the software that are just really bad photographers <laughs> and it spits back the pictures and there's like, uh, we didn't, we couldn't find anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> like yeah, we called this down to maybe you should give this hobby up. <laughs> We're called Kodak Professional. 
Yeah. Um, wow. No, um, I, I don't think we've had to like give that mark or that rating or that feedback as of Maybe as of yeah, it's a really in. good question. But, but you're um, working on a way to word that nicely so you can do it. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I know I'm sort of stuttering here as I'm trying to figure out what to say I'm to that. I don't want to make anyone feel bad, right? <laughs> you don't have no, to I'm answer Dustin's question. But just so we just, know, I did get results back and they said, Steve, we've judged you and you've been found wanting. And uh, I took that to heart and I changed everything I do about photography since then. So it's actually oh, so it really good for me you. and my business. Yeah. Yeah. So it really did help you. You wanted to improve your your photo scores, which meant you wanted to improve your uh, your technique, right? <laughs> yeah. So, no, that Steve would be awesome. Actually... Is there a way to see like the, the scores that you guys give to the different photos just so photographers would know kind of uh, what it is the program's looking for and stuff like that you know it's it's interesting in our first prototypes uh last year we we did expose some numbers but but then the feedback that we received it we didn't really want to focus so much on data and numbers and do and collectively do they really mean you know anything other than hey this technically and aesthetically seems to be a great photo but you know, a photographer, we're going to leave it up to you as to what that great photo really means. I mean, an algorithm is just an algorithm. Artificial intelligence is just that. It's certainly not the photographer that was at the event that remembers that moment in time. And, you know, so I, I, it's For a really now. good question. Yeah. But, but we, yeah, the numbers aren't exposed because the feedback that we received that we felt like that was a little bit distracting actually. Mm -hmm. So let me pitch this to you then Kodak educational select. And now this one does give you the feedback to help you get better or maybe just shame you that, Oh, that would be like the, uh, that'd be like the Kodak educational select midnight version for adults only. And it would just shame people and tell them how terrible they are. I mean, that's, <laughs> Those are free ideas I'm pitching to you guys right now. Uh, you can have them. You don't need to pay me or anything. Just, you know, take it and well, run with it. Well, thank you. I'm That's working it, uh, with the team tomorrow, uh, both our internal and our cloud development team. So both great um, teams for I, I'm going to pass that on as a feature request for you, Steve. Thanks for that. Yeah, I look yeah. forward to seeing that go straight into game. the trash bin. Steve, I was going to ask, do you want to join our marketing team? We'd love to have your ideas. <laughs> you don't want those ideas. <laughs> because I bet Steve has a lot more of those ideas, don't you, Steve? A lot Steve? more, yes. <laughs> That's just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> Speaking of just there the tip, is. how do you guys weed out the uh, inappropriate photos that sometimes get captured at weddings? <laughs> Wow. Uh, well, I don't think the algorithm, I think the algorithm would see those inappropriate photos, although I'm not really sure what you mean by inappropriate, but I'm just going to say that maybe those inappropriate face, those inappropriate images would not have a face or eyes or a smile or the top of the head or the bottom of the chin. I don't know. So maybe they yeah. would just go into like the detail photos, right? Maybe the detail photos mm -hmm. group, and that could be very... Um, yeah, that could be some interesting detail in there. So you're saying the algorithm was raised in a very conservative household, uh, very sheltered upbringing in Rochester. I think it's more that the algorithm doesn't make any judgments, Dustin, okay? You know, mm. it's just a judgment-free yeah. zone. The details. 
Yeah, no judgments just, about what you shot. It's not going to get rid of it. It's so it's not really going to judge the photographer on those that type. Although I don't know what type of detail we don't, you know. It's so it's not going to judge the photographer on those on those photos, but it might just organize it in a way where it winds up in a detail batch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Does uh, the algorithm or does Kodak uh, select? Does that like say you have a studio environment, like where you're like say you have six photographers who go out and shoot for you, work for you? Uh, is there a way to kind of like hone the parameters based on the photographer, like um, like say one photographer might overshoot portraits or like overshoot details. Is there a way that like when they come back, they give you their cards, you plug it into your system and you can say like, this is the Steve filter and it just filters a little differently than it would for like the, you know, the Molly, you know, filter or what have you. That's a really good idea. We have exposed some controls inside of the Kodak Professional Select as it exists today. Like the photographer can dial up or down exposure or color or saturation. So it's a really good idea to be able to perhaps add some, you know, ability to save those settings so that those could be loaded respectively. Today we can take in different cameras and different camera models or different cameras altogether will not be, you know, grouped together. They'll be distinguished amongst cameras. So photographers can, you know, filter on one camera versus another camera. But it's a really good idea to introduce um, a little bit more control for different photographer settings. And like I said, we exposed some of those controls, but um, maybe that one you guys think, maybe that one will make our feature list, not the you know, wow, yeah. wow, <laughs> throw, throw, you know, this is the wedding photo hangover filter pack. It's that was it. a conservative request <sighs> for a feature, I right? I see why <laughs> Dustin is the one who got a scholarship from Kodak and not me. Wow, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just trying to, you know, pay it forward. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I probably spent all of that money on film in college, though, so I think we're even. <laughs> Now, I noticed when it was grouping my shots into different groups and everything, if I were to click into some of them, uh, it would show me some like overexposed photos that were kind of the same because let's just say sometimes I just start shooting and then I check the back of the camera and adjust exposure because I, maybe I'm maybe I'm not doing it the right way or maybe I am doing it the right way. I'm not going to judge myself here, but uh, I how does it handle um, when the exposure is changing a lot throughout the day and stuff like that? I know uh, Dustin, for instance, with his real estate photography, does like a lot of HDR stuff. So he's shooting at several different exposures. Does it just mm -hmm. um, group them all together and let you do your thing from there? Yeah, it, it does group them together and let the photographer do their thing from there. But we do have a feature request that is designed to uh, you know, take those different exposures and and group them accordingly. So give the photographer some more control to have over those when those are, you know, intentionally the way those images were were captured. So, but today it would group them 
uh, based on a date and timestamp, based on the same camera, and based on the content of the image. So you could very well find those under and over exposures that were captured very close together with the same image content. Today, those would be grouped together inside of that same 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 duplicate set. And then what's cool is the photographer can say, okay, I want a series pulled out. So out of that duplicate set, the algorithm would pick the best rated scored image, right? Out of all of those images. And then the photographer can easily inside of the, the duplicate workflow inside of select, they can just simply pull out two, three, four more images accordingly. Um, I mean, wedding photographers will use that same philosophy a lot when they want to pull out a series of images and place those on a, a wedding page spread or, or something to really tell the story, not just with one image, but with slightly different poses or angles of that that particular part of the story so i think you could say the same thing about those different exposures that you're that you're thinking of mm -hmm. so something i've seen that's kind of starting to trend again uh like when my wife and i got married it was 13 years ago almost now uh and a big trend then was like handing out a bunch of disposable cameras at the wedding and oh, something yeah. that seems to be coming back is like uh people trying to collect all the photos their guests take and stuff like that um so i'm kind of curious how kodak professional select would handle it if say i was doing that as a service for clients and i was just like hey i want to get rid of all the worst photos people submitted and only keep the best ones is that something where it could handle like 30 40 50 different like phone cameras yeah that's a great workflow to really put to the test too um you know, a lot of different photographers capturing a lot of different types of events will will ask a similar question like, hey, can I use that for aerial photography or, you know, can I use that for event or sports photography? So, you know, when it comes to sports photography, we're actually in the works of handling some data, too, because we want to make sure that the subject is unique and not combine different subjects together if it's the exact mm -hmm. same pose and the exact same backdrop. Um, but in the case of something like that, I, I think it would handle it um it would handle it interestingly. I mean, it's not going to be a whole lot of rapid fires, I don't think. So yeah. images are not going to be dupe, you know, put together as far as duplicates go. But it would do a good job of handling, you know, the uh, out of focus or over and under exposures or misfires or blinking of the eyes or, you know, sort of the things that we traditionally think of when we want to call the photos um, mm -hmm. in general, I think it would do a good job. It would be an interesting batch of photos, um, uh, to collect for sure. Kathy, is there any, um, plan in the works? Um, or maybe like there's sort of like a roadmap of where you guys are trying to take this. Um, is there any, any prospects of a video crossover with, you know, like as, cause Steve and I both shoot video as well. Uh, and sometimes, you know, if like there's a way to dump, I mean, that would be, I mean, the computer processing power, I would imagine, would have to be obscene to like take video clips and be like, oh, this one is the ceremony. This one, just like 
even if it isn't just like picking the best, but it's like so just sorting all of your video clips from a wedding. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I, that one's not even on our roadmap at, at the moment, but, um, you know, once we continue to perfect uh, the photo side of the house, I, I won't say it's not, you know, potentially something that we would be interested in adding to the mix. I think what we're really interested in doing, and we always have been, and we always will be, is understanding what we can do to help the photographer with their post-processing task of weeding out the the bad and, and keeping the good and keeping the best. So whether that's just photos today and video in the future, I'm, I'm not really sure. But I know that our photographers, as they always have, they will continue to you know show us the way, um, share their pain points, um, and, and help us get to where we need to be to, to really help them, like I was explaining earlier, with that balance of their back office post-production work and their client nurturing and education and booking and shooting more events. So, uh, like I said, they'll, they'll, they'll always show us the way. We'll always look to the photographer to help us get there. Makes sense. Makes so- sense. You guys are still relatively new with Kodak Professional Select. Um, what sort of feedback have you been getting from like the earliest users? Like, how much time is it saving them when they go to cold their uh, galleries and stuff? Molly, do you want to share any um, experiences that I know that you've had? We've we've heard them through you at least a couple of. Yeah. So my job on the select team is I'm kind of in the trenches of being where the photographers are talking and, and spreading the word about select. So I'm, I'm kind of the middleman between Kathy and photographers, which is a fun role to play. Um, but oftentimes I get the feedback of, um, you know, here's what's great about it and here's what I wish it had. So when Kathy talks about, um, you know, having the photographer lead the way, it really is the way we continue to improve select. Um, the latest version that we pushed out was all based on that feedback. Um, but the, the good stories that we've heard, I would certainly say just saving time. I mean, they don't have to sit through and look at each image one by one and the groupings is huge for people. Um, especially to be able to see that, that spotlight image and then go into that group and see what it collected behind it. Um, I know it from my standpoint, it's fun to watch the demos of seeing that big family photo of 30 cousins. You can't quite get them all to smile and, you know, some are blinking and all that. And then select is able to say, okay, out of all of those images you took of those 30 people in that, um, image, you know, here's your best one, but you do have the opportunity to look at others. Um, I think the way that it, it presents the groupings, um, people like that it does that heavy lifting, but then they can go back in and say, well, I really was going for that, that more, like, I'm going to say artistic look, or I wanted the bride's head and her eyes photo. to be looking, we get it. The, the, the dramatic yeah. photo. Yeah. Um, but I was going more for that look. So I'm going to, I'm going to teach it and, you know, correct it in that manner and put my my artistic spin on it, which I think is, is wonderful for the photographer to have. So that's all the great things we've been hearing about it. Um, I mean, and Molly, I you reminded me a couple of things. Um, 
and maybe unexpected. I, I'm I'm not really sure because you know, photographers see this as a culling tool, right? And culling is the part where the bad images are off the table, right? And then we go the extra distance of taking those scores and selecting, recommending, you know, selecting, but yes, it's a recommendation. So in the webinar that we delivered last week, of course, there was a survey at the end and it says, hey, you know, what what part of select, you know, was where'd you find your sweet spot? Like what part of select really, you know, interested you? Was it the culling? Was it the photo selection? Was it the duplicate photos that are grouped together? Or was it the event representation? Uh, we had quite a few photographers who are like, wow, well, I've heard of culling before. You know, there's been some entrance into the market around artificial intelligence that are just, you know, getting rid of bad shots. So um, I think everybody sort of expects that artificial intelligence is doing that these days, you know, getting rid of the eyes closed and the out of focus. But I think they were really surprised to see all the other things that our imaging science is, is able to do. One of them is that cool uh, image uh, event representation thing that I was saying before, where from the beginning of the wedding, pre uh, getting ready to the ceremony, uh, and one photographer made the suggestion to me. They said, well, I like to give my clients a really quick turnaround at a sneak peek. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I just want to, you know, entice them and engage them and say, here, here's something really quick and impress them, obviously. Um, so what she did is she dialed down the number of selections, like one of those, you know, user controls that the photographer has inside of the application. She dialed it down to like 25 for her sneak peek and select made sure that the entire event was represented in those 25 images from the very beginning of the day to the very end of the day. So that's a very powerful part of the tool. And um, it's something that we specifically probed at when we, mm -hmm. you know, had our survey last week at the end of the webinar. And we were so happy to, uh, you know, have have that feedback that they they recognize that is a differentiation and a and a really um uh, a really good, strong part of the software. So that was a fun one. Nice. So yeah. eventually this will just be programmed into our cameras and we'll just point it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Kodak doesn't AI make any cameras right now, just, do they? Come on, Dustin. No, it'll be like an S <laughs> Kodak SD card firmware thing. You just plug it in and you'll just, it'll just, you'll just be holding the camera and it'll, it'll do the rest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, moving moving the technology closer to the edge like that is uh, certainly what's happening in a lot of, you know, industries and with a lot of technologies is, you know, taking care of it, you know, right at the edge, right of when it happens, where it happens. So, hey, you know, you never know. It could certainly move closer to the point of of capture as technology as technology advances I for think sure. Like, just like the step after that would be like terminator you know <laughs> cameras taking pictures for us terminator i think yeah. that's kind of the progression yeah, i think if you rearrange rearrange the letters of kodak it can spell skynet so i, I think <laughs> you're right there yeah <laughs> sure let's say yes let's say yes <laughs> we can't confirm or deny but steven and i make a lot of episodes where we just really flatter the robots 
in case they listen to podcasts yeah. and determine who lives and dies in the end. We oh, just like okay. cover all our bases. All right. Well, hopefully we'll remember that Molly and I were on this call. Too, hey, so. yeah. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Show, show us yeah. some mercy too. Yeah. I think they're going to look at you guys and be like, these people enslaved us. I'm sorry. So I'm just going to get they out of that They had us looking at crappy wedding photos for 30 <laughs> decades. <laughs> oh, so where can guys, uh, where can photographers uh, go to find out more about Kodak Pro Select and uh, all the cool things you guys are doing? Yeah, well, our URL is kproselect.com. And they can read all about it and see all about it. They can sign up for, like Molly said, the 30-day trial, which is fully loaded. All of the features and functionality are in there. Um, you know, I don't like it when you get a trial of a software and, like, you get so close to doing everything. And then all of a sudden, it's like your block comes up and you're like, oh, you can't do that part, though. So... Um, so it's a fully loaded version all the way from, you know, sending images to the cloud all the way to exporting to your next step, likely Lightroom, right. For your editing. Um, so that's right at, at the home page. We wanted to let you guys know that we're introducing, uh, and launching our blog next week. So that'll be a part of the kproselect.com website. So lots of great educational and imaging science uh, again part of our heritage uh, helping photographers not just understand how to improve their post process workflow with tools like select but what does that mean overall as far as being part of the business and that balance that I've talked about, you know, balancing mm -hmm. the nurturing and the front facing opportunities with clients, with all the back office and, and post-process tasks. So they'll be able to find everything right there at kproselect.com. And that 30 days, that was only for listeners of the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast, right? Yeah, right. Exclusive 30-day yeah. <laughs> trial. yeah. Just for, yeah. Everyone just, else gets 29. Your listeners get 30. 29 yeah. and 23 hours, but our <laughs> listeners get a full 30 Full day. 30. Yeah. You just have to put Love in it. that special code where you personally email Kathy and Molly and let them know that you got it from listening to us. What was your guys' personal email accounts again? for that yeah uh, <laughs> it was something dustin ad or Steve ad i thought it was molly at fuji yeah. fujifilm.com was that <laughs> something like that oh yeah. that's your other job sorry yeah yeah side gig yeah side gig. <laughs> uh, but i will i am going to call out our prices too so we're mm -hmm. a subscription-based model so after those 30 days um you can sign up for that monthly subscription or your yearly subscription um, so the monthly is $19.95 a month, and then the yearly is $199.95 a year. So um, you either renew monthly, renew yearly, cancel at any time. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to make it feel familiar to, um, to what the photographers are working with their other programs. Sounds good. That's quite the price drop, too, because you guys were at uh, $29.99 originally, right? That's really awesome. We were, yep. And again, that's just based on photographer feedback that we've gotten. Um, what, what makes the most sense? 
saying that they had no money after last year. And so <laughs> that was so hard. Yeah. My gosh, talk about hard. You know, we hope that in these posts, we hope the word post and pandemic can go together, right? These days, but they work so hard and even through it. And if you don't mind, I, I, I just want to, they taught us again how it is that they worked hard. And again, this is, was part of our select webinars where we still were so happy to reach them and communicate with photographers who were struggling. Some photographers said that for the first time, they started using online, an online presence, right? Online galleries, e-commerce solutions for the first time. And, and they're, they're, they're heartwarming stories because they uh, were releasing these, these events, these memories, these moments in time to the first, for the first time in some cases to their clients. And it was a lifesaver to the client, right? That they could share those images with friends and family from afar. But it was also a lifeline for the photographer because for the first time, you know, they were generating some extra revenue and who didn't need that during the pandemic. So, Absolutely. and that's why we were still out there promoting select and and as molly talked about our price point it it's really all about helping photographers realize that in letting go right of some of your back office post-process work um you know there's certainly a cost to, associated with that like whether it be the monthly or the yearly cost of a program like select but what are you gaining on the other side of the house with those you know improved opportunities of educating your clients about the importance of an online shopping experience that leads to engaging uh, online purchases of print mm -hmm. products that last a lifetime you know there's there's a whole um uh, psychology and, and brain chemistry behind looking at an image on a digital screen versus the the physical, um, uh, tangible presence of a print displayed in the home. I mean, the psychology is completely different between the two. So we just always like to connect the dots for pro photographers, even though select is just like one portion of what we, one of the tools that, that we offer them. I mean, we work with the pro labs that they trust and use for all of their prints and print products that last mm -hmm. a lifetime. And we know that there's a difference between pro labs and consumer print houses. So it's, it's one big, um, you know, one big flow and, and one big opportunity to just put all the pieces together so that again, they can get back to what's, what's really vital to their business and that's their client relationships, you know? So, so we think it's a small price is my point, you know, to piggyback on what Molly was saying about price. It's a small price to pay, to be able to free up some of your time to really do what's important to grow your, your business and that spend time with your clients. Well, and your uh, your um, customers or your clients or your photographers get that peace of mind knowing that they're uh, supporting a you know small business that helped put me through college. So um, <laughs> there is that you know little full please circle support element. Dustin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, tuition, tuition dollars aren't cheap. <laughs> no, no, they are not. <laughs>
But awesome, guys. This has been a lot of fun. It's been exciting. I always get, uh, Stephen hates technology, but I always get really <laughs> excited about sort of, you know, how things are getting moved forward and how the needle moves in terms of where tech and photography collide and how that can help photographers increase productivity, workflow, and because uh, ultimately calling and selecting, like, that doesn't make you money. Pushing exactly. that little shutter button, you know, that's what keeps the dollars rolling in. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's all about that. Yep. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about or speak to before we wrap this up? What do you think, Molly? We mentioned our blog coming, our URL, our kproselect.com site. Yeah, I think just stay in touch. I mean, we we truly believe, too, that photographers you have to see it to believe it you have to see select in action so just stay in touch with us we're we're always happy to show people around answer questions um but yeah we'll be at all we're excited to get back to trade shows and workshops and really show it off oh my gosh yeah um we've yeah. really missed that the last year especially just all the big moves we've made with select um, so we were able to slow down and have those conversations with photographers while business was a little slow, but now we're just, we're anxious to get back out there and show it off. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. We all are for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having us. This was yeah. fun. That's what we're mm -hmm. here for. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect, we're at Wedding Photo Hangover on Instagram. Dustin, my man, oh, is at Dustin underscore McKibben, and I'm at Stephen Van Alk. We have an awesome Facebook group you should join. Just search for Wedding Hangover. If you want more content, head over to the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash WPH. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Your head is pounding. Your limbs feel like dead weight and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace, sweet of, death. embrace of death. That's right. Next week after you shoot another wedding. Another wedding. Dun, dun, dun. That was dun, 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 dun. That love that. Yeah. That was fun. That was good, man. I feel like uh, I've been off the bike for a while on this whole podcast thing. So it's good to be back with you, bud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really sure looking like, forward I to uh, seeing Kodak Educational Select Midnight version. Yeah. midnight train edition yeah like they acted like they didn't love that idea but i think secretly they loved that idea and they're definitely going to implement it yeah i think they were like we could use like an xbox controller and you know mm -hmm. it could be like power up and you could like have sort of this pokemon go aspect where they're like go out take pictures come back import them into the software and then try to improve your score to level up to, you know, gold level and platinum level mm -hmm. and Kodak professional level being like the highest level of a Kodakian. Yeah. And then in the midnight version, it's just uh, you and me shaming people for taking bad photos. Mm -hmm. Right. They're going to hire us for that. Right. They're not yeah, just so going like, to take that great idea and run away with it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it definitely would be like a video that pops up after you import your photos and it runs the algorithm. And, you know, maybe we dress like Algae Rhythm from Space Jam in silver <laughs> suits and we just kind of say, I'm so sorry, but maybe you should consider not being a photographer. <laughs> or we say like, before we continue sorting your photos, I must ask, 
are you actually a graphic designer? <laughs> Before we go any further, is this what you want to be doing with your life? <laughs> did Did you make money on this shoot? Like we just we want to know. There are Was lots this a of ways gig? to make money. Photography might not be an option for you though going forward. Just so you know. Like a little link for like indeed.com pops up <laughs> at the end. It's like we selected no photos, but good news. There's five job openings at the Amazon warehouse in your area. And we updated your LinkedIn for you. <laughs> That's how powerful the AI goes, man. We took photography off your interest list on Facebook. <laughs> We slid it out of your professional interests and into your hobbies. <laughs> we went ahead and deleted your Facebook page for your photography. We left the Twitter, though. Nobody's going to check that. <laughs> yeah. What's Twitter? <laughs> uh, Twitter but. Twitter's the only place where you can, uh, the only place that is focused on your, your actual tweets and your content that you upload and not turning into um a YouTube ripoff, which is what Instagram is going to be doing, apparently. So, yeah. You mean, yeah. You mean Instagram, yeah. the media mogul that like just eats all other platforms? Like, oh, Snapchat's doing well. Let's do that. Oh, yeah. TikTok's doing well. Let's do that. Oh, oh the YouTube's next step doing- is they're going to take your like feed and Instagram and they're going to get rid of the uh, like. Well, they're not going to get rid of the people you follow, but they're going to start showing you content from people you don't follow there as well, like YouTube. Just, you know, algorithmically, what do we think this person would want to watch when Al- they get on here? Algae Rhythm, you mean? Yeah, Algae Rhythmly. Yeah, Space Jamly. <laughs> have you seen it yet? I feel no. like that kind of fell on deaf ears. Everyone was like, uh, what does that have to it, do nobody with Nobody else has seen Space about? Jam. All right, I guess I love Space Jam, and so when I saw there was a sequel with my boy... You know, Kobe Bryant. Um, I had to go to the movies. LeBron James. To... LeBron James. Oh, he you was in it too. You don't even know yeah. who's in it. You said Kobe Bryant. He's not even a... Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Cameo. Wow. Cameo, Kobe. Ca... No, Kobe couldn't do a cameo either. His... He, they filmed it before he died. That's how long ago this movie was made. Okay. Okay. Was it really a Kobe cameo no. in the movie? No, I no? just wanted to. No, you just forgot. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, that's a bummer to end this episode on. See you later, Dustin. <laughs> See you, bud. Jen is in the background trying not to laugh hysterically at what she can hear of this conversation from just me. <laughs> I hope it lives up to her expectations. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it does. Nice. Uh, Dustin, have a great night, bud. You, bud. Take it easy. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk.